when was a time that you began to identify with someone who at first seemed foreign or strange? Um, so I grew up in Iowa City, Iowa, which is a university town. And my dad was a professor there. And there were a lot of people who were coming in to do graduate work at the university from all over the world. And my elementary school, though, being in the middle of rural Iowa, was a large population of English language learners. Okay. So probably elementary school. I think I had kids who didn't speak any English that I became friends with before they really mm. learned to speak the language. My very, very best friend was Venezuelan. And I remember bonding with her in third grade before she had any English. We just right. would share food at lunch and play at recess. And, you know, as she acquired the language, we continued to become better and better friends. But probably then. Yeah. So there was something special about learning how to communicate without words. Yeah, I think it's easier when you're a kid. Definitely, we're not so bogged down yet in our, you know, traditional learned modes of communication. It's a little bit easier. Can you paint a particular picture of one of those early interactions with her? Yeah, I remember we got sat together for science class. So we were supposed to be lab partners and we were supposed to be building triangular structures like pyramids out of marshmallows. And we started eating marshmallows. I ate one and I kind of looked at her and then she looked down at the marshmallows and looked back at me and then she ate one and then I ate another one and then the teacher came back and all our marshmallows were gone. But a beautiful friendship had been forged. A pyramid in our stomach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> joyful relationship grew from that. Um, I had a kid who was in my neighborhood named Antoine. Um, he seemed extremely strange at first, wanted up being uh, autistic, deep on the spectrum. Once we got really familiar with each other, he actually wanted up becoming like a little brother to me. To this day, he's with me uh, over 10, oh, actually over 17 years, 17 years. And he is the head instructor at my gym I own, so. Head instructor where? 17th in Washington at my uh, gym, Combat Philly. Yeah. And what was your first point of connection with Antoine? Why did you, I guess, reach out to him or why did he reach out to you at first? Um, he was friends of some of the younger kids in my neighborhood and they were actually bullying him. Oh. So I wanted up just kind of protecting him from the kids that I liked. Uh -huh. And uh, he just never left my porch. <laughs> so. That's how that went, but yeah, it, it took it took maybe about three or four months just because it took time for him to adjust to me. I'm like super aggressive, especially when I was younger. But um, yeah, afterwards he's uncle to my son, little brother to me. He's in my he's family now. But yeah, very un, very unlikely origin story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was getting bullied by my young friends, so <laughs> I took him in to stop them from bullying him. And what made you want to protect him? Um, it's kind of just been in my nature. I always take care of the kids that get bullied. Okay. You know, I'm one of the, the bigger ones who people assume would do the bullying, but nah, huh. no, nah, I don't like kids getting picked on. Were you picked on as a kid? Oh, they tried. It didn't go too well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I've been, I was. A, 14, I was six feet tall, 240 pounds, and like 10% wow. body fat, so it wasn't a good idea for them. Mm -mm. And can you tell the story about you founding your own business from, I guess, the nature you're describing? Uh, is it a self-defense type gym? It, yeah, we do teach self-defense. It is primarily like a competition, like kickboxing gym. Mm. Um, I grew up, my mother was a competitor. My father competed on and off. 
Um, so I was kind of raised into it. That's actually how I started working with the kids in my neighborhood, yeah. was to teach them how to defend themselves, to kind of keep them out of trouble. Uh, and then it just evolved into me interning at a gym when I was younger, my grandfather took me to. And then later down the line, the gym owner passed it down to me. So, and funnily enough, if anything happens to me, the gym goes to my son and Antoine, wow. the same kids, so full circle. When was the time you became friendly with someone who at first seemed too different or strange? So that would be like every day of my life, honestly. But um, especially when I lived in L.A., um, I know it's about Philly, but I moved to Los Angeles for a little bit and I just went through a really bad breakup. And I was in a club in a sweater, which already doesn't make sense, <laughs> which already doesn't make sense. And I, this person was looking at me and I thought they were like pretty much going to tell me to get out right. because why are you in a club in a sweater? And they were so friendly to me that we ended up being friends for like four years afterwards. Like I'm crying in the club in a sweater over a breakup. And they were like, you're too cute to be in the club <laughs> crying. <laughs> and like, we had a great time that night. I ended up all night out with them for like eight hours. Okay. And ever since then, I'm like, if you look at me too long, I'm just, I'm going to say hi. Uh -huh. Like, it doesn't matter whether you look upset, happy, sad. I'm going to say hi and see if yeah. we can switch it around for someone else. Was that person romantically interested in you? Like you said, you're too cute to be in a sweater in a club crying. <laughs> like, did it develop because of a romantic interest or it was just, you look alone, I'm alone too, let's talk. It was a you look alone, I'm alone too okay. kind of situation. I was definitely not his type, but my friend was. I got, oh. him, I got, I got him with my friend who was definitely his type. Nice. But no, it was more of a you're alone, like, I'm alone. We're going to not be alone and have a good time. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, there was a woman from my husband's church who seemed kind of like she was in another world and she was very preoccupied. She was a cat woman. And once we got a cat, my husband said to me, well, we should ask Jean to come over because she's a cat whisperer. And she taught us so much about our cat that we didn't even know she was capable of. And then the next thing I knew, she would call us and ask how the cat was. And it turned out I was taking art classes. She was taking art classes. And we would talk about painting. And she gave me some of her cat pictures. And after that, I realized you really shouldn't judge somebody who seems like a little bit off and she did seem that way until I really got to know her and it surprised me that we had similar interests. Right. And going back to the beginning when she first came to your house to whisper to your cat, what was one thing that surprised you? Well, we had adopted this cat who was eight years old. First cat I ever had. She came over, we were paying her to, to look after the cat and she said, oh, we had lap time. And my husband and I said, lap time? We didn't know this cat liked to sit on laps. It was news to us. So anyway, that was a surprising moment. 